Hey, our lovely longtime listeners. Uh, we welcome you to another uh, edition of the Adventures in Auditing podcast. I am the Chief Deputy Richard Yowsey. I am the County Auditor, Chris Harding. And today we have a special guest, one of our senior internal auditors, Tammy. Tammy, um, I think you've been on the podcast before. Um, if you want to, oh, you haven't. Tammy is a longtime listener. She's just involved in so many audits that I thought she'd been on. So, Tammy, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll talk about the payroll audit of the health department. Sure. Um, I am Tammy Brakey. As you said, I am a senior internal auditor with the county. I've been with the county auditor's office since March 23rd, 2020, which just so happens to be the first day of COVID shutdowns. That was fun. Previous to this, I was employed with Alpine School District in the financial field, and I received my Bachelor's of Business Administration from Cal Poly State University. So Tammy brings a lot of experience um, with, with that accounting background, and it's come very much in handy as this payroll audit because there's a lot of complex um, and a lot of transactions that need to be looked at. So, Chris, do you want to talk a little bit about the countywide payroll audit and maybe why we this is divided up into various sections? Because today we're just going to talk about the health department. Uh, yeah. Um, the way I understand it is we originally jumped in to look at payroll. Uh, we realized um, that it was going to be quite uh, the report as a countywide payroll, trying to divide up the different departments, uh, and and to not confuse the reader on which findings apply to which department, and as an audit team, we we thought, you know, what what's the ways that we can make this the the easiest for the reader, um, those on the the council uh, management, overall those charged with governance. How can we make these these uh, this report as easy to understand as possible? And we we kind of. Uh, landed on the option of doing a, a separate report for each of the entities, and yeah, what, why why is payroll important? Uh, well, the the biggest expense that most entities have comes from uh, paying their people, and Salt Lake County is no different. And because that's such a large expense, that's where the bulk of our county dollars are are going is to pay. Uh, the employees for the things we do and we we love our employees here at the county and it it's important for us to make sure that payroll is being handled in a manner that that we can place some reliance that folks paycheck is correct uh that that when uh their their money's being calculated that that it's uh accurate and and we've we've already seen uh, let me give you an example of why this is important. Say, say I'm, well, I kind of do live paycheck to paycheck. That's because of my kids, but I, I'm sure I'm not alone in that. But you know, money can be tight. Prices are are going up, and uh, imagine the county made a mistake and overpaid me. I don't know, six or seven hundred bucks. The county's going to come back and and want that money back, and. Uh, that can be hard on an individual uh, if they're if they're don't have a lot of savings and all of a sudden the county's saying hey 
<laughs> you owe us 600 bucks because we accidentally overpaid you. We either miscalculated something. That's one of the reasons, you know, we want to look out for our employees and, and make sure that payroll is being handled in a professional manner, that um, in, internal controls are in place. Uh, because, unfortunately, those scenarios do happen. Uh, it happened with me and the federal government. It happens, uh, I'm sure, more than we'd like to admit here at the county. But that, that's one of the reasons why uh, why we did the payroll audit. Does that help? Did I miss anything? No, I think that, that explained why, it was, why th this audit is so important and why we look at payroll. So, Tammy, what did we look at specifically in this audit? Like, what were we looking at? So, like Chris mentioned, we started off looking just at payroll, but um, in our research, we discovered that a lot of human resource policies kind of drive payroll. Um, and then on top of that, we discovered that a lot of the actual practices of time reporting that create payroll um, happen at the agency level. So we looked at a lot of things. We did an in-depth, we're, we're doing an in-depth look at both payroll administration and human resources as they pertain to payroll. But with the individual agencies, we looked at their practices of onboarding for new employees, their timekeeping practices, um, any special allowances, allowances that they might have had that were paid for payroll, such as mileage, bonus, et cetera their overtime and compensation practices, um, reconciliation of payroll, meaning there were some agencies that use external timekeeping applications that needed to be uploaded into our county payroll system. And so we looked at whether or not, hopefully, those agencies were reconciling from one application to the other. It, and we also looked at their, the ag agency's offboarding of terminated employees. Um, Okay, and so this, this um, the health department, you know, it was a little unique during COVID. Right. Um, if we all recall, health department workers were working um, an enormous amount of hours. So our audit, uh, we specifically picked a time frame where COVID was winding down. Now, whether it was winding down. But basically, the all those extra hours and all hands on deck, twenty four seven, had ended. Um, so let's just go through maybe some of the findings. Um, the first finding was the list of positions with the health department and the list that human resources had. Not everybody who needed to get a background check was getting one. Um, I think those people probably have had a background check by now. But why is that important? Well, in, there are certain positions in the county that are privy to um, sensitive information. And because of that, they, those, those job functions are required to have background checks. Um, the list has predominantly been controlled by human resources. However, the health department did inform us as we began our testing that that list was being recreated as, as we were doing this, and that it was quite outdated. Everyone was on board with the fact that the list was outdated. So, but however, the health department was looking, was only doing background checks on whom they deemed needed to be on that list, not who was actually on that list. 
And so out of the, we selected a sample of employees that were newly hired or rehired. And out of those employees, um, let's see, we found that there were six of them that did not have a background check on file. And that was because the health department did not consider those positions to be required, even though the health department had their list. So there's a lot of, a lot of what we're finding in this audit are, um, you know, inconsistencies between what is deemed required by at a human resource or payroll level and at the agency level. And, and so this is, is one of the factors that we're really trying to, to get on congruency is, is everybody's on the same page. Chris, do you have anything you would add there about this? I, I just think this is, I mean, everybody's, I think, by and large, trying to do the, the right things and situations change. Maybe certain employees were privy to sensitive information in the past, but now because of how things have evolved or changed, maybe now they're not, or the types of information that they consider sensitive might change. And And we're not saying that folks, departments, the county itself can't change, but there there needs to be a process and uh, where the list of who should get a background check when it resides with HR, um, a, a, a department such as uh, the health department should work with HR to make sure that uh, there's no gaps or loops or uh, somebody didn't miss that you know, these employees, we don't think they need a background check, but then check with HR and the DA and well, here's why it might be a smart idea to have these folks get a background check. It's just when, when you skip that uh, step of working with HR and other departments and just say, we've got our own list of folks that we're going to give a background check to, you can, you can miss stuff and, and open up uh, your department or the county up to um, all sorts of uh, legal problems, um, and and of course the thing we're worried about is auditors uh, fraud, waste, and abuse. Um, so I hope that helps. Yeah, I think that that answered that. Let's let's move to finding two, which was interesting. Um, it's overtime and compensatory time um, exceeded pre-approval limits, and this is this finding was tied to um, actually a fraud allegation that the state auditor received that at the health department, people were, that the allegation was people were being encouraged to submit overtime they didn't do um, and things like that. Now, we did not find any evidence of fraud, um, but we did note that not necessarily, well, that overtime was exceeding that which was authorized by management. Um, yeah, it and, and recognize this was still during a, a public health emergency. But Tammy, do you want to expand a little bit about why is that important to have those limits in place, and maybe what the health department's going to do to to remedy this? So exactly, um, during the period that was being audited, the health department gave their employees um, a, a blanket pre-approval for overtime and comp time. Where meaning as such, in the year 2021, employees were authorized, pre-authorized to have up to 20 hours per week of overtime without any kind of a pre-approval. Anything over and above that should have been approved by their supervisor 
previous to being earned. And as such, they also in 2022, um, they reduced that amount of hours to 10 hours per week with no pre-approval. So given the fact that we have that, that little tip, uh, although we were already looking at overtime and comp time approvals, we went a little bit deeper and we said, okay, how many hours were approved above those thresholds? And we found that during the scope of our audit, which was September 1st, 2021 to August 31st, 2022, there was 1,918 hours that were spent over and above those thresholds. That amounted to $94,000. Um, just it, the, the hours were eventually approved on their time cards, but they were not pre-approved as such in their policy. So it's just, you know, we kind of looked at, we're like, okay, you get, you gave your employees this threshold and then you didn't really stick to it, which just kind of really, really weakened the whole concept behind it. Yeah. And there, there's a budgetary impact because, um, people are working more than what you have budgeted hours. Yeah, the county was probably getting reimbursed because of the public health emergency. But yeah, I think you're right on to your point. Um, why have a limit if you're not going to enforce it? So I think Chris has uh, finding three. Yeah, well, and and two kind of leads into three because uh, this is a an important function of management is to know what the people are doing uh, who who are under you, who you're, you're managing. You should know, uh, when, when folks are working overtime, finding number three was that, uh, timesheets were being uh, a good number of them were, and, and people's time was being signed off by someone other than, uh, the supervisor, which, uh, if you're in a, if you're in a situation like COVID where, and especially at the health department, folks are working, copious amounts of overtime and uh, their times maybe not getting pre-approved. And then on top of that, you have someone signing off who's not a direct supervisor. It it opens the door and the, the floodgates really to all sorts of uh, risks, uh, again, of, of fraud, waste, and abuse. Because uh, someone's essentially just rubber stamping somebody else's time card that they worked, you know, 10 or 20 uh, hours of overtime, those are big dollars. The health department is uh, one of the larger entities within the county, and management has the responsibility to manage their folks. And if you're removing that component of management, then as auditors, as decision makers, say in the county council, uh, or or just citizens throughout the county, there's no way to place some assurance on well, are these act hours actually being worked? Is are employees being productive, or are they just writing time down on their timesheet um, and and getting paid for it? Um, and that that's something we noted in our audit. And I think the health department's taken a a good approach to to fix this and ensure that those kind of things aren't happening. So. Um... We got a couple more findings to, to go through. Um, the next next one kind of ties into that um, inadequate segregation of duties and time card entries by employee supervisor. Um, 
we could even kind of hit some of these that are yeah. not widespread that with four, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Tammy, that this was an instance where a, a supervisor was kind of filling out the time for one of their uh, employees. It was um, one of these sting operations, if you will, where like uh, they, they have a kid who's maybe in high school try and buy some tobacco products and they don't really have an office here at the county uh so the supervisor you know just one of these natural well i'm we're not trying to do anything nefarious but you know this kid doesn't come in so i'm going to put his time in but it just again opens the door to all sorts of controls and problems where uh does the supervisor know for sure what that kid's time or what that employee's time should be and it's just better if employees are putting their time in uh, into the timesheet, the supervisors reviewing and approving those. Um, and, and yeah, another recommendation or another finding where the uh, health department agreed to our findings. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe I'll say like, um, cause there are nine findings and maybe we won't go through all of them, but th this audit isn't an indictment on the health department because other entities and agencies within the county have a lot of these same findings, such as who should calculate retro pay. Both agencies and mayor's finance have said each other should. I mean, the, the council mayor should look at uh, policy, figure out who does that. And also what happens with these W-4 forms, which really can impact somebody's taxes. Maybe maybe to wrap it up, Timmy, why, why is that W-4 form so important as well, as an employee and how, how it impacts your taxes. Well, you know, I, I think we all know that whether or not I file single or married or exemptions um, makes a difference in my my biweekly paycheck as well as my taxes at the end of the year. Um, and what we found um, with the health department is they're, at the time they were audited, they were relying on the supervisors to follow, the, follow through with the process of new hires and um, W-4s, but it wasn't happening consistently. And they had already taken some measures in place by the time we got there. We just solidified that this needed to be done. Um, so in not all cases, we found that there were at least four cases where we couldn't even find W-4 forms. They were not, they were probably never existed. Thankfully, our system does default to the highest tax bracket. However, you know, maybe that's not what I want for my biweekly paycheck. That does make a difference. In addition to this, the IRS actually, um, there's IRS regulation that says that we have to have these forms on file. We have to retain them for at least four years. So our county, you know, is at risk of legal ramifications for not following through on that as well. So very important. Well, I think we're about at the end of uh, our time for this podcast. Thank, thank you, Tammy, for being uh, yes, part yep. of our audit team and, and for all uh, you and the other auditors did on this uh, payroll audit for the health department. Uh, hopefully the folks who are listening to this podcast, um, either they're asleep and that was the, the goal of uh, why they were listening to this podcast or they got a little bit better informed about what we're doing here in the auditor's office. Uh, I, I, I think this is just another example of how auditing will help to improve the county. Um, and, and kudos to the health department for uh, implementing the, the 
recommendations we've made and for for getting after it. We appreciate them. Thank you. Well, and thanks for listening. Thank you.